Blog Talk Radio. Fios is not cable. We're wired differently, which means you can get the fastest internet available with equal upload and download speeds from 50 to 500 megs. So you can upload 200 photos before your favorite song is finished. Click the ad and switch to Files today to get our best offer ever. Hello, Blog welcome. Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to our weekly internet program. I'm your host, Minister Joel Lewis, and you're listening to Free on the Inside. Internet program to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be how you could be to challenge you to make a difference in, in the neighborhood, in your uh, community, in this, in your town, to challenge you to uh, apply your gift and, and your skills to help change the life. That's our logo, help change the life, but not just any life, help change the life in Jesus' name. This morning we have a guest on the program this morning. He's no stranger to the, our Internet program, Dr. Michael Fleming. Uh, this morning our topic is about criminal justice reform. Minister Fleming is working very diligently with the Faith in Texas, a multiracial faith movement for social justice. Faith movement is a part of PICO National Network. PICO stands for People Impacting Community Through Organization. Uh, PICO is a is a nation's largest network that develops civic leaders in low and moderate income, faith-based communication, economic, and racial justice. At this time, we have Dr. Flemings on the line. Good morning, Dr. Flemings. And we'll bring him up in just a second here. Good morning, Dr. Fleming. Uh, good morning, Minister Lewis. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Thank you for being a guest on our weekly internet program. I just did a little short interlude on on the um, a program in the ministry which you're a part of. Will you give us more information on the faith in Texas? Well, let me give you some background on why faith in Texas has uh, become necessary. Um, you know, we're living in, 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 a, in a, a time uh, or a day and age in which you would think that many of the problems that we've had uh, in the past uh, as they relate to, you know, racial inequality, uh, you know, widespread discrimination, um, a lack of respect for one another and church and God, that those things would have Longs to come to the truth uh, in terms of uh, um, their value, uh, and that we would be a a, a people of one nation, uh, one cause for the common good of all men and women, and forming uh, viable communities. But unfortunately, <laughs> that is not the case. And I guess in some respects, uh, the Bible speaks to that when it talks about in the last days. Many would wax cold and they'll love one another, and uh, we will become, uh, you know, uh, treacherous and murderous and and uh, lovers of money and things as opposed to uh, uh, our fellow human beings. And that uh, the only difference and the only way we're going to have uh, the ability to make a difference is by the church. Um, being a light and, and being salt, um, we're called to to be a unifying agent. And until we fulfill that role, we're going to continue to have problems. And which kind of problems are we talking about? What well, are we talking about when ninety percent of the white people in America who take the um, implicit association test 
and express an inherent racial bias for white people versus black people. And they're not even aware of it. Or when young black teenage men are being shot and killed by white police officers, then it triggers uh, you know, extraordinarily intense social commentaries about racial tension in communities, such as the, what took place in Ferguson, Missouri, and, and more recently here uh, in Dallas. When mentally unbalanced individuals, be it young white man or a black man who are sitting quietly in their church or school, and then someone comes in and <laughs> kills them, shoots them. I mean, it's 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 a tumultuous time um, when it's not safe. It's not safe for our families. It's not safe for our children, and it seems like chaos. Is becoming a rule. So, what needs to take place? Well, the first thing there needs to be a new national conversation about race, and we need to be willing to acknowledge that we do have a, a, a racial problem, and that we have a system in place that seems to favor one segment of our population and deny large segments of our population. It happens to be people of color, black, brown, red, and so forth. So what do we do? Well, we need to stand up. And when I say we, I'm talking about the church. So faith in Texas, as you mentioned, is a a coalition of faith-based organizations, congregations, who recognize that until you as a body of Christ come together, Okay? and represent um, the kingdom of God and to manifest the power of God by manifesting the knowledge, the understanding of how to use the knowledge to a way that we can address the social ills that are so pervasive uh, in our uh, society. And that so, is so true, so Doctor, at That people, is so true. And, you know, as you would uh, give you a pause here for a minute. And you were saying something that I really was thinking about how we should be able to use those two. The social injustice that we are, that we are uh, seeing and that we are experiencing, I'm talking about as a, as a society, it's nothing new. These things have been going on for quite a while. But now since we have better, we are better equipped to handle these things, I'm saying that we could go out and, 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 uh, and go to our leaders and hold people accountable. At one time, we couldn't hold anybody accountable. But now, since we can, we ought to make full use of these uh, of, uh, of the information and the skills that we have. And I like what you're doing and some of the things that you're doing because at one time, uh, as a matter of fact, not one time, but you're very uh, instrumental in helping ban the box in certain areas. Uh, w- uh, would you be able to share that with us regarding ban the box? Well, when we talk about ban the box, uh, we are. Uh, are, are attempting to address the continued uh, systemic uh, disenfranchisement of segments of our population that are deemed inexpendable. Uh, and yes. what we're talking about is the overrepresentation of people of color in, uh, in the correctional system, specifically uh, as it relates to being incarcerated. And uh, when those individuals are, are taken away from their families and taken away from their communities, all right, there's a significant loss, loss of human talent, and also the 
financial and economic impact. Upon return, you would think that these individuals, after having served their time, would be uh, uh, embraced and allowed to re-enter society and um, become gainfully employed and 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 begin to contribute once again uh, to the well-being of our communities and particularly our fa- our families. But unfortunately, that is not the case. We don't seem to be a nation of, of forgiving people anymore who allow second or maybe third chances. Individuals return with the mandate that they get a job, that they can t- contribute towards their family's well-being. In many instances, that means child support or or on on um, restitution, various other kinds of uh, financial debts and demands upon their life. Yet, uh, <laughs> less than one quarter of those individuals are able to um, secure employment uh, or housing or the other basic necessities that go with uh, uh, reintegration, such as insurance and so forth. And one of the primary reasons for that is a question on the application that asks if you are a convicted felony. And if you answer yes to that question, unfortunately, most of the time you will not get an interview. And that application may wind up um, being trashed. And so yes. the economic yes. impact on our communities and on our families, and particularly the, 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 the um, collateral impact upon our children and, and the fact that research shows that when returning individuals are denied equal access to jobs, housing, and so forth, the children of those formerly incarcerated individuals are three to five times more likely to commit a crime, okay, uh, to wind up uh, with uh, uh, less education and um, uh, a poor economic and financial uh, future. So we've been working uh, locally and with some national organizations in trying to uh, address that. And there have been some good news and some successes. We know that there are about um, uh, 23 states now that have uh, passed legislation that uh, banned the box. And there are two uh, cities here in Texas, Austin and most recently uh, Dallas County has passed a local ordinance that prohibits uh, the asking of that question until such time that you're actually considering offering an individual job, at which time then you can do a background check and use the information that you're able to obtain only as it relates to the job in which the individual is, is applying for. For instance, if you are applying for a, a job in the financial sector you know, as a bank teller or something and you have a history of, um, of, of criminal activities or convictions related to financial issues, then that information can be used uh, in determining whether or not that's a good match. But if you, for instance, have a, a drug possession, you're applying for a job uh, in a warehouse, or you're applying for a job at a supermarket, or you're applying for a job as a, a salesperson in a car lot or in an apartment store, then there may not be any correlation between your conviction and the responsibilities related to that job. And so why should it be used to continue to penalize you and punish you long beyond uh, the, the, the completion of your sentence? And so it is our intent that we can somehow or another influence um, you know, federal legislation 
And as we begin to work here in Dallas with the private community and private businesses in implementing uh, those kinds of policies that will uh, uh, encourage the uh, uh, interviewing and the consideration of employment for formerly incarcerated persons. And once we're able to do that, we believe that it will go a long way toward addressing some of the increasingly high rates of recidivism with formerly incarcerated persons, and it will uh, provide the economic seed uh, for strengthening our communities and particularly in strengthening our families. All right. We're going to just pause here for a minute for a station identification. You're listening to Blog Talk Radio with Mills uh, Lewis as your host, and you can join the conversation with the number 310-982-4126. We're talking with Dr. Michael Flemings about criminal uh, justice reform. We ask you to call in to voice your opinion regarding this very uh, hot topic here because uh, we all uh, know someone that's maybe acutely, uh, wrongly convicted, so this is an opportunity to uh, get more information and be a part of this great organization, Faith in Texas. And we have a call on the line here. This is our co-host, Brother Daniels. He's on the line here. Good morning, Brother Daniels. Good morning, Reverend Lewis. Welcome to our program. We have Dr. Flemings on the line here, and he's giving us a a lot of information regarding criminal justice reform. So we're just going to sit back and relax and enjoy what he has to share with us. Do you have any questions for him at this time? If not, we'll come back. Yeah, I've got a couple of questions asked. Go right ahead. He's on the line. Okay, Dr. Flemings. Um, You know what happened yesterday with this uh, case between uh, that dude that was over the Black Lives Matters uh, uh, organization in Dallas. Uh, he he went uh-huh. downtown and he got arrested, and they found out he had other charges on him. So uh, I'm saying that if the people that organized these, uh, that organization knew that he had a a background behind him, why did they let him lead this? this march and put himself in the scrutiny in front of all these people to uh to just make just like it was mocking, mocking things, you know what I'm saying? You put a guy that that talking about uh 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 don't do anything wrong and you got this guy he got a history of child abuse. Uh, Doctor Fleming, you know, I mean, I mean, if you're doing something, you gotta go. You gotta almost be squeaky clean every time you go in for these people because they're gonna have background checks and look for you for the first time that you were born. You know, all the way back to time. You know, and 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 it, and it really, it's really a serious thing because you know the media nowadays they take everything and just escalate. Yeah. You know, so, what's your opinion on what happened yesterday? Well, you know, I haven't um, had a chance to, to to review or look at the specifics, but let me just say this in general: uh, having a background uh, doesn't necessarily preclude anyone from being uh, involved in community advocacy and, and justice reform, and having Charges uh, aren't necessarily convictions. 
and you know, I don't know what the case is uh, with this particular division, uh, but I know that in this country uh, there have been many individuals who have been in the forefront advocating for social and justice reform who had uh, backgrounds and who had arrest records that were primarily related to the system and its attempt to defame and and to um, 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 diminish uh, the power and capacity of uh, change agents. I'm not saying that this gentleman's charges or past convictions aren't justified. I don't know. But I also know that oftentimes what we get uh, through the mass media isn't necessarily reflective or indicative of the whole truth. And uh, our mass media and our public media is basically in the hands of a few private, powerful people. And the news that's often presented today is a caricature, which means it's used to sensationalize and other ratings, and it's also used by the powers of be, as I said, to undermine uh, the, the, the power and the viability of particular individuals and candidates who are attacking the system. So, you know, that, that's kind of my take on it. Um, now, this, I don't know him, and I know that, that there's been some speculation about um, whether or not he should be up, up in the forefront. But squeaky clean people um, don't necessarily exist anymore uh, uh, in, the, in what we call the... the um, the field of okay. Okay, man, I, I got another question for you now. You know, just um, a couple of days ago, we had a mm-hmm. district attorney, a lady, mm-hmm. named Susan Hawks. Yes, she has drug use. It's been going on for about a year. She's been halfway coming to work. She was going to work. She's going to cases. She's going to trials. She was a uh, I guess she was working. I guess she was working on cases, and they were sending people, you know, sending some people up under her. So, what do you think? Um, under what happened? Do you think some of those guys that she sent to jail should be having have retrials because of well, her, her competence? She, she now, brother really Daniel, now it was a, allegedly br- a drug use. Now, you know, they say she had a mental case, a mental issue a that she was dealing with, and so it wasn't a right. drug issue that they per se. They said it was mentally, in, you know, imbalanced there. So, well, she did have that job, and I don't know how much work she was able to perform because they said, said she missed a she lot of days of work. She, she but go ahead, Doctor Fleming, yeah, and address she, that. Yeah. Oh, she didn't. Uh, she didn't. Um, um, handle uh, any um, uh, trial. Uh, most of her time was actually spent uh, in treatment and hospitalization. Yes. And her primary problem was a depression uh, and um, uh, uh, I think it's bipolar depression. Yeah, but she recently resigned because she recognized that she can't um, focus on her own mental health needs and at the same time, uh, run to oversee uh, the um, district attorney's office. But most of the cases and most of the actual day-to-day operations is handled by uh, her uh, assistant. Assistant. Uh, yeah. 
who, who handles and runs the office. That's the person who our uh, governor will probably uh, uh, select to complete. So you're term. saying the governor is over everything now? Well, the governor's not over it, but the governor, uh, as a result of being uh, the, you know, the, the, the head of state, uh, is responsible for selecting a replacement uh, when the district uh, and our counties um, are unable to finish their term. If she had been signed about 11 days ago, that would have been a special election. And in all likelihood, a Democrat would have been elected. But since she waited, and I'm sure she did to that the prompting of the governor and other people. Yeah, why she waited like that? Okay. Then points on one, and all like them will report a point a Republican district attorney, and that's probably the only office in in Dallas for the most part that is occupied by a Republican, because that office has been a, you know a Democrat for many many years. But, you know, I don't want to focus on, on some of these individual cases. I want to talk about what needs to be done. See, the Bible tells us that when when the wicked, and that means when the people who don't believe in or accept a theocracy, that is the rule by God, that uh, his word and his principles uh, become the standard for life. If we assume that there is a maker, that God created all things, and he said it was good, and then he put it under the domains of men. Okay? And they said, when the righteous are in positions of authority or in rule, the people rejoice because there's an understanding that none of it belongs to us. It all belongs to God. And we're stewards. And we're here to use our talents and our time for the common good of all men. But when people don't respect God and the focus is on man and his ability to get positions, to gain positions, then that's wicked. And we can't expect to have anything other than what we got. And part of that is occurring because there are too many Christians. There are too many congregations. There are too many pastors yeah, who are satisfied with being in a church building on Sunday and proclaiming the gospel. And get me wrong, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with preaching the gospel and proclaiming the gospel because it is the way that we get people into the kingdom of God under the theocracy rule of God that then makes a change in life so that it is preserved the way God intended to be. But when we abdicate that role, when we're not aware of what's going on, when we don't form coalitions, when we're divided between Baptists and moderate Baptists and Methodists and non-denominationalists, and we're only concerned about our house and our well-being, there's the world of both here. And so... Texas about. It's, it's, and that is so true, Doctor. Up. That is so true. And then people know we've been praying. And you know, I'm a part of, of, of many faith based organizations. I've been involved in um, you know many uh ministerial alliances. And I see people fervently praying for God to break yokes and for God to take the taste of alcohol out of the mouth of individuals suffering from addiction and for God to move people uh, uh, from, uh, you know, addictions and prostitution. But somehow, somewhere, we're missing the boat because it tells us clearly in the book of Isaiah and the book of Matthew that we are to, to break the yoke of oppression, that we are to set the captives free, that we are God's ambassadors, we are God's uh, deliverers of justice and mercy and so forth. 
God says in the book of uh, Jeremiah that he must brag. Don't brag about your wealth, about your your your, your knowledge and, and, and your uh, strength and your power. But you must brag, brag and boast about this, that you know and understand me and that I delight in justice, righteousness, and mercy. Those are three common uh, uh, traits. And we call those God's transferable attributes, the things that God can give us. See, God can't give us his omnipotence, uh, his omniscience, and his omnipresence, okay? Because that's what makes him God and God alone. Be everywhere to know everything and to do everything. But justice, mercy, and righteousness, and so forth, those are transferable characteristics and attributes that he wants to instill in us so that we become indicative and reflective of God, that we have the ability to, to go and to impact lives and to impact communities, to transform them into what God had initially intended them to be. But that requires us to, to lower walls, to open doors, uh, to dare to step across boundaries and to take hands. And I'm not just talking about Christians, that our ability to, to work across faith lines, to work with Muslims, to work with Jews, to show people that that we believe in the common good for all mankind, and then to put uh, our bodies online. We have a thing that that that, that one of my initiatives that talks about, you know, uh, body, ballot, and buck. <laughs> and people ask, well, what is that? Well, body is our being. It is our lives. It is our experiences. All the things that make up who we are our biases, the good things and the bad things, but it all helps us understand. And each of us have some differences, some of our experiences and so forth. But when we recognize that we come together and we put our bodies, we put ourselves in a position, as God says, I look for someone who would stand in the gap that I may pardon the land and pardon the people, but I can find none. So his son came and stood in the gap for us to serve as an example. So we must... You know, position ourselves where people are in need, like my my brother and Minister Lewis. You know, it's well known within the community and the network that Minister Lewis puts his body where it needs to be, and that he, you know, advocately works on trying to get other people to position themselves where there are people who are hurting and lost and lonely, in need of a, a touch of, of healing from God and so forth. And then the second one is ballot, which means we do live in a country that has a, uh, a democratic process in place uh, that is built around uh, you know, uh, our ability to vote so that we can have a government that is ruled by the people, of the people, for the people. And when we don't understand that and don't know how to utilize our system and come together collectively, and we can't really have any power or any influence when we start talking about the common course and dialogue about the issues that really impact us and our children and our children's children. And so we believe that, that the time is right. That God says that he makes everything beautiful this time. Time now for, for faith people, not only stand up, but to begin to collaborate and to talk about uh, how we as a group, as a body, can begin to impact our system by getting involved and trying to 
to put people in positions who share our values and ideals, or at least let the people who are in positions of authority know that we're going to hold them accountable and, and that we have the power to remove them out of office and put someone in. That's all we talk about. And that is so true. Uh, we both doctor. Yeah, that is so true. As you were sharing those things, I was thinking how important it is for us to be actually involved in people's life. You know, we didn't get to where we are by ourselves. Someone encouraged you. Someone encouraged me, and someone encouraged uh, Brother Daniel to be all they could be. And it, it would be right for us to uh, get some form of success or comfort in life and not to look back and help our brothers through the legal system, through finances, through education. You know, uh, Jesus said, when you are restored, you to uh, you know you to help your brother, and in a sense say, hey, when we get out of this, I'm gonna look back and I'm gonna encourage someone else, you know, because uh, uh, somebody else needs to know that they can get out of these things. Somebody else needs to know that this isn't the end of them. And as Brother Dave was talking about how uh, people they involved in in social change and events and have criminal records. When I was younger, uh, and, you know, uh, and I had an encounter with the law officers, and they ran a background check up, and I didn't have anything at the time. Then they said, wait a minute. You need to have something so we'll keep up with you. In a sense, that's controlling people. When they know when they got something on you, they say, wait a minute, you can't do this because we got this here on you. And that's a shame that and, and, and throughout life, as you was talking about uh, justice, criminal reform, in regards to what I've done when I was 16 years old, I'm 46, 56, 66. Those things are still in my background. They're still a part of, uh, 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 you know, of, of my of, uh uh, let's see. Uh, uh, let's put it this way: they still a part of, of what I do in society. So I'm only lim- I'm only able to go so far because of these situations in our life. But I thank God for people like yourself and other people that say, "Wait a minute, these things isn't right." This background check. Hey, I went to school. I'm very educated now. I can't get a job because of something I done in my youth. It's something I'm being punished. I want to be a civic engineer, but because I checked this box. I'm unable to uh, apply my God-given talents, and, and that's a terrible right. thing. So thank you for what you are doing. Thank you, Brother Dave, for bringing that up because sometimes we are we are scared to do anything because of what we've been doing in the past, and I'm guilty of it. I do jail ministry, brother, well, and I thank God that they allow me to go to jail. But it's always that one time that they may pull something up on me, and I've been going down there for 10 years. They said, wait a minute, we've been looking for you. Wait a minute, I've been down here 10 years. You know what I'm saying? I laugh about it, but it's always that chair. But I'm not fearful enough not to do it. Okay, go ahead, Brother Daniel. Then we'll get back to our guests. Thank you. Uh, I believe that um, uh, the system has to have a, a check and balance uh, uh, area. You know, because we are not only one of a few uh, uh, races of people that they are adding to society. Now, you got to look now. We got people coming from overseas to America now. They're coming to America. They're getting put in high positions. They have, they have good educations, and they're getting good jobs. And basically, how can you basically pinpoint a, a person's background when you come from uh, uh, uh India, are you coming from uh, Iran? You coming over here to America? And how can basically how can they track people one way, and then you let another set of people over here work and, and control things and have a high job, 
and you, it just is biased all together. You know, I'm saying this because right, right now I live, in, I live in every Texas, and basically it's basically it's African, it's Muslims, it's uh, Indian, and it's a vast uh, uh, a pool of people around here, and basically you cannot check everybody. Except if you go to some system that they design in order to try to control, you, you can't yeah. script. This issue about uh, um, um, what I call social inequity. Man, this country has a history of of embracing just about every uh, uh, other ethnic group from across the world, uh, except for. African Americans and then lately Hispanic. It's no secret uh, that during slavery, that one of the first things that was done was to undermine the sanctity of the family by not allowing the the black man and the black woman to meet and to, to establish a, a family, a unit, okay, a a small community. Okay? And there were things done economically to empower black women as opposed to black men to create division and tension between those two. And so it hasn't changed. Now, those things were more overt, and we saw it, and we recognized it. But today, racism has become more systemic. It, it has become part of what we call the, the, the way of life, and it's it so subtle that we don't recognize it. There's still an attempt uh, to, to undermine the sanctity of the family in the black community. We are the uh, ethics that has a, 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 a high percentage of what we call uh, uh, broken homes and broken families. Almost 80% of our children are born out of wedlock. Uh, and, and so much. And then we talk about crime. When you go to the Justice Department and you begin to do your research and policy research, you'll see that crime in the black community, for the most part, uh, as it is across America, has been on the decline for the last 25, 30 years. Now, you can do sensationalism where you can take something out of context and, then, and, and, and harp on it and show it all the time and create it in the minds of the people that crime is pervasive. Then the second thing that the statistics show is that drug use and other kinds of uh, 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 addictions and abuse is slightly higher in white communities than in black communities. Yet we are oftentimes portrayed as the primary what purveyors of drug abuse and drug selling and so forth. We are overly represented in, uh, in, in the arrest records, in the conviction, and the incarceration. And so that's not justice. That's not even equitable because we're not even telling people the truth. And then we assume, because people have been what we call domesticated. And what do you mean by domesticated? That means when you take the fight out of a wild thing so that you can use it for your thing. And so in this country, if you have a TV and a radio and a newspaper, then you have been subject to what we call uh, biased reporting. And that's the form yes. of indoctrination. People coming from Africa, coming from India, they're not exposed to all this marketing that creates a need and convinces you that you're nobody and that you need their things. You need this car. You need these tennis shoes with somebody's name on it other than Jesus. Okay? And so when they come over here, they're coming over here free of all that what? Cultural uh, indoctrination, all that uh, marketing bias uh, to create a culture and a generation that looks to mass media and looks to society in general 
for their marching orders and their value. So they come over free. They come over here seeing opportunities without the biases. That's what they do. They take advantage of it. When the Bible talks about awake, O ye who slumber, that's what he's talking about. Is that people have to have to go through something, sometimes suffer and fail, in order to wake up and realize what's going on. Now let's keep this where it needs to be. Yes, people are doing things, but there's a power behind people. Either you're under the power and influence of God, or you're under the power and influence of the enemy, not of God, because Satan and all his hosts are not fighting a war against God. They can't fight against the Creator. They're trying to to convince God that we're not worthy of salvation and forgiveness so that we'll be where they are. And so we're fighting spiritual forces and powers. And you can't fight those with money and those kinds of things. You have to fight that by faith. Our words have the ability uh, to call into action uh, the host of God who fight on a plane that we can't. And then we become one force and unity. We doing our part here, they are doing their part there, and the kingdom of God is catching the enemy in the middle and forcing the issue of the agenda. So this is what this is about. We got businesses, we got local government, we got uh, educational institutions, all recognizing that they've been unable to create this this society or this utopia. Crime has ceased and economic uh, uh, vitalization is a norm and equitable distribution of God's resources, not some man, is the norm. And so it hasn't happened. So now for the first time in the country, I mean across the country, they're calling on faith-based communities and believers, congregations, to begin to make a difference in their communities. And, man, you know, it's so hard to get us to move. We, we have so many churches in our neighborhood. On some blocks, you got three and four churches. You can't drive a mile in a black neighborhood and not pass ten churches. Most of them are sitting uh, dormant and empty during the week. They come alive on Sundays and maybe Thursday night for a couple of hours and Wednesday night. But are they viable? Are they impacting the community for God? Not very much, man. We've gone from 20% poverty, I mean, 20% uh, single parent households in the black community. So almost 80%. We've gone from about 80% of our children uh, being born uh, 17 or less to 42%. We've gone from a, a city uh, that had uh, less than uh, uh, 13% poverty level to 37% poverty level in the fourth largest urban area in the nation with those high percentages. So we've been trained. Dr. Fleming, God? before you go any yes. before you go any further, let's address some of those things. Why, based on your experience, your knowledge, and, and what God has revealed to you, why is it like that in the black community? Because we're very, uh, you know, we uh, we we believe in God, we believe in, in Christianity, and we believe in the power of God. But yet, there's something like it. Now, I go to church, and you go to church, and those things that you're saying, they have valid point. Based on your experience, why is it like that in in in, the, in our black churches? Where have you know, we lost the connection that with applying what God said and what's going on in our lives? So let's address that for just a second, and then we'll want you to uh, finish your topic on faith in Texas. All right, there's two things. There's two things. One is external and internal. Whenever there's uh, some type of uh, 
battle going on, whether it's uh, a, a battle around a physical disease or illness, whether it's a, it's a battle uh, between nations and countries, there's always uh, the enemy without external and the enemy within internal. Okay? And so what happened is the powers that be recognize that something happened during uh, slavery that resulted in emancipation, slaves being free. What happened was white people who were really Christians and who used the Bible as their guide for daily living, and they didn't treat their slaves the way uh, uh, other slave owners did. And they allowed them to read and so forth. And in reading, we were exposed to the Bible and began to to identify uh, with the children of Israel and saw what their God did. And we, in turn, being in a strange country, decided if we did what was required in serving this God, would he, in turn, do for us what he did for the children of Israel? And guess what? He did. We became a people of faith. And God and Christianity became a cornerstone in our lives and therefore in our communities, uh, and then it impacted the world. Well, those who tried to keep us down took time trying to identify and determine what happened. We had everything. We had the, the power, the position of authority. We had the might. The military the, and the and the weapons and arms, and we had what the authority, legislation, political control. Yet, in spite of having overwhelming what uh, resources and power and so forth, they lost that battle and the ability to control us. What happened? And so they recognized. They figured it out. It was our faith, our belief in God, and that belief enabled us to persevere through hardships like good soldiers, to fight the good fight of faith, and to believe. That if we did what we need to do, God always does what he needs to do. And when that happens, there heaven and earth becomes one, and evil is thwarted. Because when the light comes on, darkness doesn't sit around discussing what it wants to leave. It has to get somewhere and get somewhere and inherit. And light never loses. And so Jesus said, we are the light of the world. We are the salt. Light is always symbolic of knowledge. Then there must be the understanding of how to apply it that leads to wisdom. And wisdom is always the result of things happening over time that brings in truth and reality. Okay? And then salt means to not only season, but to preserve. As God says, Jesus said, it was not that way in the beginning. So we are to preserve things as God intended it in the beginning. That is our role as Christians. But the enemy recognized that, and he began to do all kinds of things. One is to, to create division among us, denominations. Uh, also the mission with our young people uh, with things and statements like the Bible was written by a white man and the Bible is used to control the black man. I'm thinking, if the Bible is used to control the black man, then why did the Bible enable us to get free from the white man? It didn't make sense to me. Yeah, and then come on now. We've, changed, we've changed God's word. Jesus said, go ye into the world. The first 150 years, there were no church buildings. We had churches in people's homes, in the house of Stephanus, the first fruits and so forth. It was in communities. It was down by the river, and it was uh, in the marketplace. It, the Bible says in Proverbs, 20, in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20, uh, it says that wisdom cries out in the streets, in the marketplace, and, and, and so forth. 
that we're supposed to be part of the public discourse. We're supposed to be involved. And God made the world for us and told us to multiply, okay, and to fill the whole world, then to subdue it and rule. So we're blessed. We're blessed because we're his children. We're blessed because we have power. Stay here until power comes. And that power is the ability to carry out what God wants us to do. We are his representatives, his ambassadors. But we have abdicated because we have taken the, the word of God and the kingdom of God and the worship and service of God to mean only one thing, going to a church building, praying, having anniversaries and having festivals and so forth, and then go back home into our communities uh, uh, that are not affected by what we do. We preach to the same people every Sunday, the sage. He says, go ye and speak and find and bind up and bring back. We, when we do do that, we take some water down to the homeless. We don't look at the what's going on in our system that results in so many people being disenfranchised, being cut out. Yes. So and that is so, so true. You know, what what brought about that change? What why are they at what we could do as Christians, what could we do in society to help break that cycle? You know, as you said that I'm gonna give you a moment here to catch your breath here. And you were saying that we have uh, this jail ministry uh it's called Free on the Inside J J P S and that's for the juvenile the uh, jail or prison in the street. And as I was doing ministry, I saw that was a cycle there. I saw young men, as they were young, they went to juveniles, then they went to jail, then they went to prison, then they went to street. And I said, that's a cycle. That's a cycle. One or the other, they are trapped on this ill wheel here. And I wondered, I said, what can we do as Christians to help break that cycle, help break that life of sin and being addicted to a, a crazy lifestyle. And God laid on my heart. He said, hey, you have to break this cycle. Start at the juvenile, okay. work your way through the jail, then to the prison, then to the street. And by chance, you'll meet other people that's helping uh, break that cycle. I like what you're saying there, brother, because it's, it don't do us any good to go feed somebody, and they end up doing the same thing okay. over and over. Yes. Do you, con- do, you con- do you consider yourself a pastor? Someone asked me, asked me and some other people, why do they call you a pastor? I said, what do you mean? They said, well, you don't uh, have no church. <laughs> I said, church is not a building. It's not a denomination. And we are pastors. A pastor is uh, someone who cares for a group of people who reaches out uh, to touch lives and to let them know that God is real and that God cares and that you go. It says that the good shepherd went to find the lost sheep. Yes. We don't expect the sheep lost to find their way back to us. <laughs> Jesus said Come came on now. as an example. He said he came as an example. Show me what Jesus spent a whole lot of time in a church building, and people get mad and upset at me, but I'm just saying, I'm just telling you what's in the Bible. If you can find something uh, that says that what I'm saying is not in the Bible, it's not true, then I accept that. But Jesus went to seek. Those who were lost in the highways and byways. He was accused of of, of, of of socializing with prostitutes and drug users and whoremongers and all those kind of things. But he said he came for those who were sick and for lost. So if Jesus took the time to step out of the street, I'm talking about Jesus in you, you know, because God moved have this burning fire and this and we talk to them just God does reaching out to them. 
Doctor Fleming, I'm losing a, 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 I'm losing a, your phone signal. There. I think you either bad location or your battery getting low on your phone here. We're speaking with Doctor Fleming of Black Criminal Justice, and so we're very uh, informed about what he's had to share. We hear the passion in his voice. This is a great, very, this is a powerful topic here. We want to continue this line of conversation at a later date. Uh, uh, Doctor Fleming is still on the line here now, but you two can call in. We still have a few more minutes to the yeah. uh, the program. That number is three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. Call in to free on the inside and voice your opinion regarding yeah. criminal justice reform and be a part of what he's doing. But uh, Doctor Fleming, before you go. I'd like for you to tell us how to be involved in this Faith for Texas and give okay, us a contact I, 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 number because someone that. wants to hear. Okay. Right. This is what it requires, that you really believe in God. Because I'm tired of hearing people say that we don't have no money or we don't have enough members and so on and so forth. You know, God doesn't his, – his word says he'll take one and wow. rob a thousand and two and rob ten thousand. Because God don't need a whole lot of money, and God don't need a whole lot of power. God just needs someone who believes in him and will take him and his power where it needs to go. Many Amen. of us who are Christians don't believe. And that's why faith in Texas and live free. These are Christians and Muslims and Jews who say we're going to put our faith into action, and we're going to cross lines and come together, and we're going to manifest the power and glory of the God of this world and the God of this age to make a difference in the lives of people who need what we say we have. And we're not going to worry about the lack of resources or nothing. And as we come together, guess what happens? God begins to move and open doors and provide the resources. People come that we don't even know. And when we need something, it's provided. Because that's God's job, to equip us. We just need to position ourselves and see. Oh, that is so true. That is so true. So if you want to be involved in faith in Texas, and you want to be involved uh, and live free, where we're working on things like moral economy, or we're working on things like um, get out the vote. We're even trying to get churches to, to be willing to serve as places where we can train uh, congregations and train members to become uh, uh, registered uh, 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 deputies for voter registration, where you can actually have the, the, the authority to go out and, and register people okay, and certify people so that we can make sure that, first of all, we people of faith are what? <laughs> Using our ballots and voting. Yeah, go into being empowered at the, at the ballot. Oh, right. that's powerful. That is so right. true. So, you know, so, Dr. So Dr. Give me a Give me a call at this number, 214-900-4179. Oh, right. go ahead. That's 214-900-4179. Or you can email me at MD, that's Michael, M is in Michael, D is in David, and my last name, Flemons, which is F is in Frank, L-E-M-O-N-S, at hotmail.com. Or you can go online and type in faithintexas.org, or you can type in livefree.org, and you can uh, get as much information as you need and um, uh, join uh, uh, online. We usually have our uh, monthly meetings. On Tuesday uh, nights at 7 o'clock, and uh, we meet at uh, North Haven, United Methodist Church, out of Preston, and then we also rotate, because that's one of the things we want to do, is to, to begin to, to, to involve different congregations, and the way you do that is by having discussions and meetings and dialogue at the church where you want people to become involved. 
And, man, we're really excited about what's happening. We've been able to meet with local officials. Uh, we've been meeting with the, uh, the business community, with with some of the major philanthropic, that means uh, uh, funders of nonprofits and other faith-based kinds of initiatives who are telling us that they are, they're, they are getting tired of funding the same kinds of programs where we feed people and clothe people, but we don't want to deal with the tough issues, which is policy change, system change. And that requires a commitment for the long haul and a lot more sacrifice on our part. That's the work. And if we're God's people, we are equipped to do that kind of work, sustained hard work that brings about real change for the glory of God and for the edification of his people. So 214-900-4179, email mdflemons at hotmail, or you can go online to faithintexas.org or livefree.org and get as much information as you need. And we need people of faith to begin to manifest the mercy, the grace, and the power of God in a world that is floundering in darkness and dying and in need of a healer and a restorer and a bearer and a prover of all good things as it relates to God. Mr. Fleming, we want to thank you for being a guest on our weekly internet program. You have truly, truly been a blessing. Thank you for the information that you share with our listening audience. I want to thank Brother Daniel for his comments and the other callers that's on the line that said that they just wanted to listen. And it's good to have a listening ear. Then they have an ear level here of what does say the Lord. And then, too, you, too, could be a part of what he's doing and be a part of his faith in Texas. Uh, he gave you the contacts, and I ask you to take advantage of that. We ask you to go back and listen to this show again. Uh, we archived all our shows, so if you may have missed something, it's an opportunity to just go back and listen to it again. Mr. Fleming, we want to encourage you to keep doing what you do for the Lord, for the community, and uh, we want to uh, continue to uh, encourage you to help change a life in Jesus' name. You know, how to, uh, you know, don't just give a man a, a fish and a loaf, but I teach him how <laughs> to feed himself on a regular basis. Teach a man that was he been convicted how to turn this system around if he feel like he was wrongly convicted or either paying a too harsh a penalty for the crime he done is someone behind him uh that, that's facing the same thing help him out help him out minister Flemings, god bless you god bless you and uh and i we pray well, you have you. a blessed day today yeah you minister daniel and yes. also you uh brother daniel because you're faithful and and you've been a loyal supporter of uh minister joel and his program and we need people like you. And uh, I would like to meet you one day, uh, Brother Daniel, and so that we can have some real serious discussion and also look at how we can, what, form a coalition and begin to manifest that power. Okay. okay. All, right. Well, All right. Well, God bless you. Uh, 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 Mike, I, I, I realize I said Mike because you're my friend, but I know that you have right. uh, just been working. And thank you, Brother. You know, you you uh, put your own interests and your own self aside to be a part of this program. And what you've done this morning, it, it pricks the heart of someone. Someone heard it and said, what must I do? And God, and God uh, you know, reveal that number to them and they'll call up and be a part of this great movement of, of God. Amen. 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 All right, so God bless you, now, brother. We're out of here, and we're going to be uh, uh, wrapping up the program with remaining remarks from Brother Daniels. And so God bless you, uh, Dr. Fleming. Enjoy the balance of your day. Thank you, ma'am. All right. Brother Daniel, 
Amen. Amen. We want to thank Dr. Flemish for being a part of the program here. We want to thank him for doing what he do for the Lord. Brother Daniel, we're getting ready to wrap this program up, but we want to give you the last words. Brother uh, Dr. Flemish, he was working overnight, so I didn't want to keep him on any longer. But, oh, man, I thank God for beings like him and you, brothers, that keep continue to encourage God people to help change a life. Brother. I take that serious, brother. It's real serious, man, because we live in this serious time, man. Uh, you know, people like them, I was looking up, they itching ears, itching, having itching ears, itching ears. They want the word. You want the truth. You got to have the truth, people. You can't keep throwing lies on these people because their lives matter and their soul matter. That's the main thing is your soul. Is your soul ready to reach eternity? Are you ready to go before God? What can you do while your warm blood is still warm in your body today and you can make do the bad things you've done in your, in your people and in your life in order to be, make God proud of you and to be able to say, well done, my faithful service in the end. And, you know, and that is so true, that brother. Dan, you know, I thank God for what he uh, put up my hands to do and the people he bring into my life. And Dr. Fleming said something that was so powerful that we don't need a lot of money. I learned, I learned in ministry, you don't, it don't take a lot of money to do what you do. What's yeah, that? It took a long time for me to really understand. Well, like he said something real important. He said, I look at all those churches over there in, in Oak Cliff. You can go down Hampton, down that road down there from, uh, I believe it's about uh, Luke 12, all the way from Luke 12, all the way down to about uh, Highway 20, another church. Church. Go down Luke 12, the other way, nothing but churches all the way down there. But what are they doing to help the people move up? And it's popular. Yeah. People living in the street, people living downtown, up under Shantytown, up under there. Nobody even want to go down there and touch them and give them a couple of dollars or build a building for them, for them to live in and feed them at the same time. They can't join together without arguing with each other. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's the main, and that's the main. Yeah, and and, and, and I, I, more than another person. Yeah, and I, you know, who name gonna be on top? You know, I won't, I won't yeah. top billing as they say in the entertainment industry. You know, but God yeah. said, help change the life. He said, go ye therefore, and baptize yeah. the name of the Father, Son, and go, and I will be with yeah. you. You have to realize who's with you, who's doing you know, who's orchestrating this. This Jesus. I'm not I'm not leaving out the Caucasian people, you know, they're involved in it too, you know. They're they're one of the big uh issues because I have read an article that says the Sunday is one of the most prejudiced days of the week. Hours. Hours between ten and eleven o'clock or eleven to twelve is one of the most prejudiced hours of the of the of the of the week because everybody gets in the church and most of the white churches, some of them get in there and they Basically, they're getting taught a doctrine. And it's like you saying, when you look at, we were taught the Bible. And then we were taught the Bible one way, but there are many ways the Bible expresses itself because that's why you have to study it to, to save yourself. Prove. You have to study this word to really understand it. I mean, yeah. you can't read it one time and go out the and do all that. You can't. You yeah. got to put it into application. 
Yeah, we're about ready to get out of here, Brother Daniel. You know, time is drawing short. We got about 30 seconds. Again, Brother, thank you for being a part of what we're doing. You know, uh, each and every Saturday morning we come on here with guests, and we thank God for allowing these men to come on and women to be a part of this program. And this program goes around the world, Brother Daniel. So mm-hmm. people that listen to yeah, you uh, in various parts of the of uh, uh, this country and 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 of the world, and we would never meet them, but they hear the passion in your voice. They hear the sincerity in your voice. They hear how you are attempting to make a difference in Jesus' name. So thank you, Brother Daniel. Thank you. We get ready to get on out of here, Brother Daniel. Would you like to uh, have the closing remarks and then pray uh, us out? Yeah. Okay. Heavenly Father, we stand before you bend the knees today, Lord Jesus. We want to pour our heart to the people. Pour our heart to the people that you have over us. Touch their heart, Lord. Touch their hearts and tell them and let them feel what the people feel. Let us let them feel the pressure that put upon the people. Let us let them feel how we are feeling oppressed and we need something to be done in order so we can be free in our minds, in order we be productive people. We ask to touch the heart of the people we have over us in authority. Touch the heart of the people that we vote on to be president for this year. Put the right man in position, Lord, for all the, for us to be brought up as a race of people. So in his name, and his name is above all names, we ask him to help and send blessings to the oppressed. In the name of Jesus, we pray today. Amen. Amen. God help bless you, brother. That's the thing for the day, Reverend Lewis. Help the prayer. Help the prayer. Yes, yes, yes. It's all right, next we're ready to get on out of here. You're listening to Free on the Inside with your host, Minister Joel Lewis and Brother Daniel, here each and every Saturday morning, encouraging you to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We want to thank our guest, Dr. Michael Fleming, where our topic this morning was criminal justice reform. We ask you to be involved in that great movement of God and help change your life in Jesus' name. Brother Daniel will our co-host. And we want to thank Brother Daniel for his passion, his desire, and his uh, willingness to help change your life in Jesus' name. You've been listening to Free on the Inside, internet program to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be all you could be. Until we meet again, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. Goodbye. Have a great day in the Lord. Thank you, Brother Daniel.